0: What is going on Michigan fans? It's Clayton Safey here with TheWolverine.com with five takeaways from Michigan's 41-13 to win over Purdue Saturday night at the Big House. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like this video if you want Michigan to beat Penn State on Saturday. Finally a big game for the Maize and Blues, so hit the thumbs up button if you're hoping the Wolverines come out on top in that one. Also subscribe to our channel for much more content throughout not only the week but the rest of the season and beyond with Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. And head over to TheWolverine.com right now. Special offer, $1 for your first month for first-time users. They get premium access to all of our content. You're going to want to take advantage of that right now with the NCAA situation going on. Keep up with the latest on that, as well as all Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. Without further ado, let's get into our takeaways from this game. And we'll start with the offense. A little bit of an up and down night for the Michigan offense, although they're being held to a really high standard, and they hold themselves to that standard. So you have to kind of you know take them for you know how they're judging themselves. And they started out strong. You get two touchdowns early on. Second quarter, early third, a little bit of a lull there for the Wolverines. Run game still not getting going as much as you'd like to see at this point in the season. Michigan rushes 30, 34 times. For 110 yards, five touchdowns on the ground. They're do- still doing a great job at in goal line situations. Blake Corum right now, 20 rushes from the five-yard line and in. 16 of those have resulted in touchdowns this year, uh, which is just incredible. He's literally automatic from in there. Donovan Edwards gets a goal line touchdown as well. Samaj Morgan, wide receiver, freshman, runs one in. But sack adjusted uh, because Michigan did take three sacks in this game. yards per carry. Not quite what you'd like to see against uh, a a Purdue defense that really has not been very good this season. So Michigan's got to get that going a little bit. Um, Something that, you know, you thought coming out of the bye, maybe they'd be able to do a little bit better at. But just not seeing a ton of push from the offensive line. And Blake Corum, frankly, a couple times after some runs, looked pretty frustrated and kind of saying a few things, encouraging his offensive lineman, like, hey, we got to get some blocks here. Um, J.J. McCarthy overall, again, It feels like nitpicking at times, and and, uh, that was mentioned in the post-game press conference as well. And he said, hey, I welcome the nitpicking. I welcome the criticism, especially when it comes from Jim Harbaugh, Kirk Campbell, his position coach. But he throws for 335 yards. He completes um, 65% of his passes. He did have 13 incompletions, which is a season high. He came into the game completing 78.1% of his passes. So, again, extremely high standard here. But he, he was the first to admit, and it was pretty obvious he was a little bit off. In this game, with, with his accuracy, uh, a few plays where he kind of had a guy and, and just missed him a little bit on a couple intermediate routes, which has really been what JJ's done a great job at this year. Um, but it, it just seemed like one of those nights in that way. Maybe he was pressing just a little bit, coming out of the bye. All the distractions are on the program. Uh, but I thought he he handled himself pretty well in kind of responding. Like, he'd have a couple throws he missed, but then he'd come back, hit Roman Wilson on a really nice ball or, uh, or hit somebody else. On a nice pass, Cornelius Johnson also involved there. Roman Wilson was kind of the stud for Michigan in the pass-catching department. Nine catches for 143 yards. Seven first downs picked up. Uh, Four of those were third-down conversions. Purdue under Ryan Walters, we talked about it in our podcast on Thursday, but they run a lot of man coverage. They did that against Saturday night, and Roman Wilson is extremely hard to cover for more than a couple seconds, especially in man coverage there. Um, and, and he proved to be really formidable in that department on Saturday. So a little bit up and down. Michigan gets going again in the third quarter with a Samaj Morgan 44-yard touchdown on a jet sweep under center. Quick handoff to him around the end. Uh, this kid continues to build a role for himself. He's touched the football 14 times on offense, three touchdowns for him this year, and several big plays. I mean, I could go back and, and look exactly, but how many 20-plus-yard plays he's had on those 14? Touches. Uh, He's been really, really good in that small role. And I would say he's probably the best freshman on this team in terms of production so far this year. They haven't had to use a lot of those guys this season. Um, But offense plays in the fourth quarter. That's just the second time they've done that this year. Rutgers, they played the beginning of the fourth quarter, got some extra reps in there. They had a nice drive at the end. Michigan pours it on a little bit. They score 41 points, and we're coming out of this with some question marks about the offense. One of those being the pass protection. Thought J.J. got pressured a little bit too much. Um, over 40% of his dropbacks, he had pressure, according to PFF. And, again, the offensive line with the run blocking, just don't feel like they're getting enough push at this point. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the offense uh, on Saturday night. Let's move along to takeaway number two. And the Michigan defense does what the Michigan defense does. That's what they did. On Saturday night, no touchdowns allowed until there were 18 seconds left in the game. Garbage time score. Hudson Card hits Deion Burks for a touchdown over Mikey Sainer, still who was playing outside corner. Josh Wallace, interested to see if there's an update this week on him. He left the game early with an injury. Michigan defense allows two field goals in the second quarter, both on short fields. Purdue takes over on the 34 yard line both times. Uh, one on a fumbled punt, hits the back of Quinton Johnson. I thought Tyler Morris had to make a fire call there, make sure he gets out of the way. And then um, Kalel Mullings doesn't pick up a fourth down on fourth and one on the 34 as well. Thought Blake Corum should have been in there. I think if you're going to go for it, especially that deep in your own territory, that much of a risk, you put your best player on the field, had a few missed blocks, guys flown in the backfield. Don't know if Blake would have got it anyway, but I think you roll the dice with your best player in that situation. Uh, But back to the defense. You know, they got, you know, Will Johnson played incredible. I thought he was everywhere. According to PFF, he was targeted eight times in coverage. Probably a mistake by Purdue. He only allowed three receptions for 23 yards. Has the interception against Purdue. That's his third career one against the Boilermakers. Had two in the Big Ten Championship game last year. And I feel like Jesse Minter said it this week, but he thinks this is going to be the Will Johnson that we all know and probably even better version than we've seen in his career now that he's a sophomore and healthier. Uh, He said that, you know, coming down the stretch here this year, and we're we're starting to see that. I mean, he looked elite on Saturday night, as he has in flashes throughout the year, but I thought he put it all together with his most complete performance of the season. He puts the turnover buffs on there. He should have had another interception. Uh, That was after the fumbled punt. Rod Moore is in front of him in coverage. You can't blame Rod Moore for this, but he tips the ball it knocks it off kilter and, and off of its course just a little bit, and then Will Johnson wasn't able to come up with a pick, and he was kind of laughing, looking at Rod with his hands up, like, come on, man, after that. Uh, but no fault of Rod Moore on that one. Will Johnson could have had another one, and that would have kept Purdue from kicking one of those two field goals. Um, again, Josh Wallace goes down, interested to see an update on that. I will say the one concern from our standpoint with the Michigan defense coming out of this game was just not a ton of pressure without blitzing. Michigan also just didn't even get home uh, much at all when it did blitz either way. 14 blitzes on on 30 dropbacks. They got pressure, again, on some of those. Mike Barrett was fantastic in that area. He had five pressures on nine blitzes on pass downs. Um, Hudson Guard pressured uh, on thir- or 16, excuse me, of his 30 dropbacks. That's a pretty good number. But, again, I feel like they're just not getting enough pressure right now when they – don't bring extra guys when it's just four guys in there you got to be able to get off some blocks especially against a suspect Purdue offensive line that made some changes and shifted guys around throughout the game they start Ben Farrell a guy at right tackle who was in the NAIA the last four years he moved over to left tackle at one point Michigan didn't get enough pressure again in my opinion have to shout out Braden McGregor as well we have done so throughout the year but His run defense from the edge, like a lot of times we talk about, oh, these guys got to get pressure, what's your pass rush move, yada, yada, yada. Braden McGregor was fantastic against the run, has been all year. He had that third and short where he's coming off the backside, comes screaming off the backside, gets the ball carrier from behind. He's done that several times this year. He had four tackles on the day. Moving along to takeaway number three, Michigan didn't need the signs. They didn't have Connor Stallions. He's he's, uh, resigned now won't be with the team obviously any longer. Ryan Walters Purdue head coach interesting comments coming into the game, you know basically saying, "Hey, we got to teach our guys a new language to play against Michigan. We had to change up our signs." These aren't allegations. This happened. We have proof. All this stuff uh during his radio show appearance earlier in the week. Michigan goes out does what it did. Didn't need any of it to beat Purdue, which falls to 2 and 7. Tough first year for Ryan Walters who you know, I don't want to say he's in over his head, but I think that he has a lot of question marks facing him right now, just as a coach overall. Then you get the blow by handshake between Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Walters seemed initiated by Ryan Walters. Tough to exactly tell based on the TV uh, angle that they had. But Ryan Walters seemed to be going pretty swiftly the other way and, or, you know, really past Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh called it a typical postgame handshake. Um, who cares? At this point, uh, but it was funny and, and interesting to see. But Ryan Walters heads back to West Lafayette with a two and seven record. Takeaway number four, a couple more quick ones here. It's on. It's on. It's a big game week finally for Michigan football going into this game at Penn State. They will be slightly favored in this game. I think I saw an early line Michigan minus six and a half. Uh, we'll see what the other sports books come out with here later this afternoon, recording here early on Sunday. But it's on. And for the first time this year, winning by one or more point will be enough for Michigan. You win by any means on Saturday in Happy Valley and you have your happy flight home, as Jim Harbaugh would call it. Michigan has won all nine games this year by 24 or more points. It's the first time they've won nine straight games by 24 or more since 1903, 1904, an 11 game stretch that spanned the end of that uh, the former season the uh you know into the 1904 season won the national championship both years that was a long time ago in case you don't know um so what michigan did is unprecedented michigan played an easy schedule it would have been disappointing frankly if they played some tighter games during that stretch but understandable in a way too when you look at the bigger picture i mean it's just unprecedented that a team dominates to the degree that michigan has this year uh, but now it doesn't matter now you beat penn state by any means frankly you beat Maryland by any means. And then you go into the Ohio state game and you do what you have to do in that game. It doesn't matter how many points you win by the rest of the season, because you could get in the big 10 championship. All you got to do is survive college football playoff, obviously extremely tough matchups. And then you go from there, try to win the national championship January 8th in Houston. So it is on at this point game on for the Michigan Wolverines. Finally, last takeaway. We will see what this week brings for Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, not going to go through the entire thing because we don't have time and everyone pretty much is caught up on the story at this point. But Big Ten coaches, administrators, um, you know, athletic directors, presidents, putting some pressure on Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petitti to act now in unprecedented fashion, preemptively ahead of any conclusion of the NCAA investigation into Michigan for off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents in the same season. Um It seems like it's likely at this point that the Big Ten is going to come down with with something based on what we've heard coming out of Petiti's meetings with Michigan President Santa Ono and some others, assume lawyers were involved, uh, reportedly had a conversation with Ward Manuel as well late last week. Seems like some punishment is going to come down. It could be and most likely is going to be a suspension for Jim Harbaugh. The length of that unknown, he can go up to two games on his own. Beyond that, he needs support and votes from big 10 presidents in in some sort of special council, which the big 10 will not comment on who's on that special council. But we do know a lot of the uh, big 10 presidents are on that. Jim Harbaugh didn't want to talk about the situation. He said, I'm not allowed to talk about this situation coming out of the game. Understandable there. Um, He did say, Hey, this is a really good team. We've got great players. That's why we're winning. You know, people are trying to question us, but the reason why we're winning is because we're a good football team and we have really good players, giving them all the credit. Um, but it's, it's just going to be interesting, not only what the Big Ten does, but how Michigan responds. And from what we've heard, Michigan is going to respond strongly in support of its head coach, Jim Harbaugh.